Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Tonight on the Bear Debate, we have four hot topics. Is Quan gone and is he to blame? Mooney and Fields have a connection, but who's the number two guy? Can the Bears coaching staff turn hope into wins? And what to make of Ryan Poles' first 47 days? Our debaters, Roy, also known as Illwill from the Three Kings of the Midway podcast, and Aaron Current from the Barfly Tailgate Show. Get ready to rumble. This is the Bear Debate. Yeah, baby! It is Aldo Gandia hosting this first edition of the Bear Debate Show. If you remember, we had our first season last year, and it was John Buffon who came up with the concept, weekly having debates with our man Gaines, Tyler Ellis, and it was a fun, fun show. We wanted to bring it back this season, but we wanted to uh, change it up a little bit. You know how Bears Twitter is? There's a lot of love, and there's some fighting, and there's some <laughs> sometimes uh, some heated disagreements. So we thought we'd try to bring that to, uh, to this show. <laughs> but I think we're going to find guys that are agreeing more often than not. And we're very, very lucky to start this new season with two outstanding guests. I'll welcome in first. My man, Ill Will, how are you? You're, you are uh, the host of the Three Kings podcast. Thank you very much for being on our season debut. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank you for having me on. It should be fun. It should be yeah, fun. It should be, and it should be fun because you're going up against this man here. His name is Aaron Curran. Aaron, how are you doing? What's up, fellas? <laughs> You are uh, one of the co-hosts of the Bear Fly, uh, the Barfly Tailgate Show every Sunday morning, and you might have a show this Sunday, right? Yes, sir. That's the plan. We're going to go uh, over the preseason game. I love to hear that. And uh, Roy, why don't you tell us about the Three Kings podcast? When are you guys on? How can uh, our audience uh, tune into your show? Because I highly recommend it. Yeah, on the uh, right now during the off season, it's always hit or miss. Everybody got different schedules on vacation, so we're not as current. During the season, we try to hit it every week. Try to hit it every week. We can't twice a week. So you can catch us on all the streaming uh, podcasts, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple, et cetera, et cetera. And soon we're going to do YouTube, you know. We're setting that up, but uh, we're probably going to do that during the season. So Cool. Well, if you need any help, I'm here to help. I love to help uh, people out on Bears Twitter, especially good people. So uh, hit me up if you guys need any help uh, getting your YouTube channel going. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. Well, this guy, this has been an interesting uh, uh, preseason, an interesting start to this season. Uh, like AC told me before the show started, lots of drama coming out of Hallis Hall. Uh, AC, did you expect anything like this at all before the season started? I really didn't. I mean, when, when we hired Poles, I was like, well, okay, he comes from Kansas City, makes sense. And then it just seems like one thing after another started hitting the Bears, and we all kind of knew it was a rebuild. And on top of all the drama, I listen to Chicago radio almost daily, and those guys, man, it, it's hard to believe that they represent – this team in this city because you would swear they all hate the teams. Like I hear cap, you know, David Kaplan comes on says we're going to win four games and uh, everyone's just doom and gloom and bad news bears. And I, it almost, it almost makes you not even want to listen to, it. I mean, no wonder bears fans are depressed and drink all the time. <laughs> these, are the, these are the people that, that represent us. You know what I mean? You don't hear good, and if anyone comes with positive or any positive ideas, they just kind of poo-poo it. I mean, it, it's it drives me crazy. I listen every day, but it, it drives me crazy when I'm listening to it. <laughs> I hear you. What about you, Roy? Uh, do you listen to local radio? And uh, did you also expect this much drama to start this 2022 season? For the radio, no. I, I can't stand uh, – <laughs> I can't stand the the, the, the talk show radios. I'm, I would much rather listen to Barroom, 
other shows, other bear podcasts than mm-hmm. to listen to the radio. There's so many content creators now. Other than like if the media, they they have access to the players, they can get information that bloggers and podcasters can't do. I, I like them for that part, but their analysis, I don't I don't really pay attention. I kind of on the Three Kings podcast, we said that when they brought a new regime in here, everything was was on the table, right? Uh, players can get cut, players can get traded, a new philosophy, and I kind of knew that that was going to happen, and that's shocking a lot of people that I didn't expect them to trade Khalil Mack. I would love to have Khalil, but when they traded him. I knew that it was a possibility. So I think it's just a shock to the Bear fan system that they're, everything's on the table. It's a whole new regime. They're not going to be Ryan Pace light. Ryan Poles is not Ryan Pace. He's going to take a totally different path to building the team. So, Yep. Well, let's start with the drama because our first question slash topic is going to be about Roquan Smith. So I'll play the lead up into it, and then we'll get into your debate. On Thursday, just hours before the Bears Family Fest event, Roquan Smith released a note to Bears fans that he wants out of the Hallis Hall family. Smith, acting as his own agent, has been holding in, attending meetings and practices, but not playing. He wrote, The new front office regime doesn't value me here. They have refused to negotiate in good faith. Every step of this journey has been take it or leave it. Hours later, Ryan Poles said the following. Right now, my intentions are to sign Roquan to this team. And we're going to take it day by day. And at the end of the day, we got to do what's best for this organization. But my intentions are to make sure Roquan Smith's on this team. Gentlemen, take a stance here. Roquan was wrong to take it public. He needs an agent who will then ask the Bears if he or she can begin seeking a trade for his client. Roquan appears to know what he's doing, and he's doing the same thing any agent would. No agent needed. Or forget the agent, no agent talk. Roquan must first prove to Poles and Iberflus that he can excel in the Bears' new defense. Each of you has 60 seconds to respond, and we start with Illwill. I'm going to go with A if that's an option. If we have the option A, hit the buzzer, and A. And also, Roquan don't know what the hell he's doing. He has no idea what he's doing. He's getting too emotional. Things are being brought up in this uh, in this negotiation and then it's setting them off like they're probably like, hey, you're not Darius Leonard. He's not, and he's probably getting upset with it. He's probably getting offended. He needs an agent. He needs somebody who can be a filter who can go through this process. And I don't think Roquan Smith wants to be traded. It's like when you're in a relationship and then it's like an ultimatum. It's like, if you don't do this, then I'm going to do that. No one believes you, Roquan. You, you're still at practice. You're talking to people. You walk around practice. You're smiling. You're happy. You want to be paid higher than Darius Leonard, but unfortunately, you're not as good as Darius Leonard. Uh, figure it out. You'll be a bear. You'll be the wheel linebacker. And right now, people aren't really paying linebackers. You're probably in the only system that is going to pay a linebacker significant money because the wheel linebacker is important in the Tampa 2 scheme. There I go. Got it under the 60 seconds. Woo! Very well done. Uh, Aaron, take it away, brother. Okay, I know it's supposed to be a debate show, but I can't disagree with <laughs> I can't disagree with Ill Will here. He needs an agent. He needs somebody back there that's got his back, that has his best interest in mind, and keep this stuff off Twitter. Don't start all this drama and try to make Ryan Poles look bad or take advantage of a rookie GM who's never done this job before. Uh, and, and, and you need an agent to do all that. This is not a first time for Roquan. I have a picture with George McCaskey. That was from a preseason game in Roquan's rookie year where Roquan still wasn't signed. He did this same thing with his rookie contract. So it's starting to become uh, a habit, habitual for Roquan Smith to hold out. I love Roquan. Actually, I'm a Jersey guy. That was the next jersey I was going to buy, but I didn't want to buy it without him having a contract. They got to get this knocked out, but he needs an agent. Like, what's he going to do if they tell him to, to get a trade? Pop in Jerry Jones's DMs and say, trade for me? I mean, come on, man. Get you an agent and handle this professionally. I love it. You guys were fantastic in this first round. You brought it. You didn't disagree, but you brought out tons of great points. Let me ask you guys. Roquan has had a kind of a curious uh 
tenure here with Chicago. It started when he was drafted and he left his iPad playbook in the car. The car was broken into. Uh, so that was kind of, come on, man, you, you should know better than that. And then, you know, he's, he, there's photographs and video of him hanging out with porn stars. Again, it's his, it's his <laughs> life. He can do whatever the want, but it doesn't hey, look good. I was a 23-year-old single man. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> Trust me, I, I've been to a lot of uh, strip bars in my day. So... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's been incident after incident. There was the missing game uh, in London against the Raiders, and, and now it's this situation. Does that worry you at all? I'll start with you, AC. It does worry me some. It, it worries me with uh, – you don't really – you don't need all the off-the-field um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh Trouble uh, pulling attention away from the team. I mean, you don't you don't see this throughout a lot of the league unless they're like wide receivers. They seem to they seem to be all about themselves. Uh, But Roquan doesn't seem like that kind of guy. At least when he talks to the media a lot, or when he is available for interviews, he seems like a chill, down to earth guy. But then things like this happen, and 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 it just doesn't make sense. I don't know if he puts on a like a mask for the media or he isn't himself around them or, or what the deal is. If he's different behind closed doors, I like I said, I would love Roquan, but I, I mean, all this off the field stuff, ill will talked about Darius Leonard or Shaquille Leonard. He changed his name now. That's right. Uh, he, you don't ever, you don't hear a word about that guy. You don't hear anything but wonderful things about him on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Uh, Ill will, uh, my man Nomad says that none of this stuff ever comes up until a guy, until it's time for a guy to get paid. Do you uh, kind of agree with that, or or do you feel that perhaps you know some of these things um, are, uh, are are concerning? For me, it's not. It's not. I, I don't mind having a few misdemeanor uh, guys on. I just don't want any felons. You keep the felons away. I need a couple of guys to get in a couple of bar fights to get in a couple of drunken publics. They, there's a, they, 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 they're too clean. You know, I need they football players. They're savages. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need that for my linebackers. I'm pretty sure Dick Buckus was downtown, you know, Rush Street wreaking havoc back in the day. <laughs> but if they had a Rush Street back then. They <laughs> <laughs> did. They did. <laughs> Aldo was out so, there hanging with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, where's Dick at? No, he's not a good on that one. <laughs> so. I ain't too mad, but it just seems something's like just seems a little off with Rokon at times. Like he just seems a little seems a little weird, you know. I mean, I don't care, you know, but uh, I don't get him sometimes. He's an enigma, you know. He's like he's he's there for the team, but he wants like twenty five million dollars. Like, bro, you're not gonna get twenty five million dollars. It, it just seems off. I, I can't put my finger on it. And my podcast partner uh, Devore Nesby says he says he's the type of guy that I play football, coach. Yeah, Roquan played football. I played football. <laughs> that's what he's just, <laughs> Roquan played football. That's, that's what he seems like. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep it with you. The question is, um, every the, the salary cap is going to go up $10, $15 million at the end of the season and probably go up again, $10, $15 million. And so this is Roquan's turn. Ian Rappaport said that the expectation is, is that he's going to be the highest paid linebacker. And Paul said it w- it's going to be a record-setting contract. So do you, ha- do you have any problem with Roquan pushing and having this sit in or, yeah, sit in um, because he wants to be the highest paid linebacker, but he doesn't want any of the trickery that Cliff Stein might be coming up to hide some of those dollars. What do you think? I've always personally never cared. And me and my podcast partners, we always debate about this. I never really cared about players getting paid. I think the owners make a lot of money. So I never cared about, oh, he can get 18, but he can't get 20. I don't care. It ain't my money. As long as the Bears win, that's all I care about. Uh, I don't like the way he did it. I don't like the way he did it. And he doesn't know what he's doing. It's like he put all his cards. He played his card too soon. His card was, hey, I'm going to write this thing right before Family Fest to play on the fans' emotion. He see he put all the great Chicago Bear linebackers <laughs> in the notes. And what happened? All the fans were like, yeah, we need the next great Erlacher, you know, and Lance Briggs. <laughs> and, and he played us. And then Poles was like, the thing about the Poles put him on the puck. 
so he didn't get fined. And then he came out and did that. It was dirty. It was a dirty game. Mm-hmm. He did that so he didn't get fined, risking the team getting in trouble. And then he come out and write this letter and use Ian Rappaport or whoever he used to, to, to play this game. And, and, and he doesn't have any leverage. And I want the guy to get paid, but he, like, shot himself in the foot. And no teams have cap space to even trade for him. I don't like the way he did it. I don't like the way he did it. He could have did it a lot better. And if he had an agent, you know, he probably would have been handled better. You know, he probably wouldn't have been as emotional because they would have been saying it to his agent. It's like when you go to a real real estate agent. If you ever sold a house, you say, I think my house is worth a million dollars. And your real estate agent is like, no, it's not. (laughs) And so they go into negotiations and they be like, well, you know, the bathroom needs to be fixed. The, the towel needs to be cleaned and updated. And they're having these conversations and you're not having it because you would get emotional. I love my tile. Well, they think your towel sucks. Yeah. And, and he doesn't have that filter in the negotiation. And so he's yeah. sitting up there like, I love my tile. And they're like, your towel sucks, bro. <laughs> you, know, you need to tear it up and put in wood. And he can't uh, take they're it. Saying, they're saying your tile's pretty good, but it's not the best <laughs> top of the line tile not you kill, man. on the market. <laughs> 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 that is true, man. Yeah, well, uh, AC, you you had a problem too with the way this uh, Roquan handled that, right? Yeah, I mean, it just you you need an agent to to handle all that stuff behind closed doors. I'm sure a lot of these things get said to agents, like, yeah, we we want to pay this man, and even if they do, that's become the status quo. The next person that gets paid gets paid the most and then resets the market. We see it over. We saw Kyler Murray get paid the most. We saw Deshaun Watson reset the the quarterback market, even though he had everything else going on. So that's just become the status quo. But if he's looking for what I've heard, 22 to 25 million a year, Ryan Poles is looking. He knows he's got a rebuild ahead of him. He knows he's got to build a, a roster for sustained success. And if Justin Fields is the man, like we all think and hope he is, you're looking at $40, $50 million a year for him in a couple of years. How are you? There's no way you can pay a weak side linebacker that much and pay your franchise quarterback when the time comes, regardless of how high the salary cap jumps. Yep. All great points, gentlemen. Uh, let's move on to round two and see if we can find some fireworks here. Uh, here comes the question topic. There are signs pointing to Justin Fields developing a connection with Darnell Mooney that could develop into a type of Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison kinship. It would help Fields and Mooney if there was another go-to member in the aerial crew. Pick the one player you think could be that guy this season. Rookie Valus Jones Jr., Byron Pringle coming off a five-touchdown season with the Chiefs. Luke Getze's guy, Equinemius St. Brown, doesn't have to be a wide receiver. In fact, it's tight end Cole Komet. Or, wait a minute. Mooney is outstanding, but he's not a number one. Aaron, this time you begin, and you have 60 seconds. Go. This goes back. You had uh, Adam Rank on with Greg, Greg Gabriel last week, and he made an, an incredible point about if you look at the Packers' offense, there was a number one, Devontae Adams. I think that's Mooney. And then the next targets went to either the running back or the tight end. I think Cole Komet steps into the Robert Tunyon uh, um, role over here and – and, and takes over as the tight end one and has a fantastic year. He was working with Mooney and Justin Fields this offseason, building chemistry and timing, and I think he takes a big step this year, and hopefully we don't see as many drops from him or fighting the ball away for whatever reason he liked to do that. I think Cole Komet is the guy. I think he's gonna it's going to be probably a wide margin to Mooney, and then Komet's going to be the second guy as well as – David Montgomery is going to get some work out of the backfield as well. You guys hit the clock really well. Roy, it's all yours. You're on mute. All right, I'm off mute. See, 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 now you're going to agree because I'm like part of like, I'm like the king of Cole Komet's fan club. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm always defending Cole Komet. I love it. Number, 
<laughs> the number two option last year was Cole Komet. He had 60 catches, 600 yards. He didn't score a touchdown, but nobody in Matt Nagy's offense scored a touchdown. So there's that. I think it's Cole Komet as far as the number two targets, as far as wide receivers go. I think it will be Equinamius M. Hotel St. Brown. And uh, yes, I said his whole entire name because I like his name. It's fun. And uh, and that's mainly because Justin Fields said his name. He said, who do he uh, rely on at the moon? He said, uh, EQ, Equinamius St. Brown. And for whatever reason, he didn't get a shot in Green Bay. He's 6'5", he runs a 4-4. He played well when he played in Green Bay. I don't know what the deal was. He knows the offense. He's going to come in right away, be a big target for Justin Fields. And he's going to surprise some people and piss off a lot of Green Bay Packers fans. Outstanding tip. Totally outstanding. Great job, fellas. And uh, the chat room kind of agrees with you guys. Uh, got a lot of love for Cole Komet. Uh, Bear Truth Nice says, case closed. Komet did a uh, Komet. Great job, Aaron. Uh, we've got another Komet uh, up here. Where does where he go? Oh, Mo Beerman. My man, Mo Beerman. Uh, but we got a few Equinemia St. Browns, too. Recharge Renewable and Rechargeable Review. Nomad and Tareen as well. I got to... I, I I agree with you guys. These are the two top two guys. I've been to a number of uh, practice games at, over at Hallis Hall, practices at Hallis Hall, and Equinemius St. Brown, man, what a huge target he is with unbelievable speed. He has put the ball on the ground at least two times that I saw, and so he needs to clean clean that up. But he knows this offense. And so, Roy, tell me, how valuable is that? Because I think it's probably the reason he's going to be starting opposite Darnell Mooney. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, important because Justin said he trusts him. He knows where he's going to be. And, and, and that's what they're trying to teach with Justin Fields is the timing of his offense to throw with anticipation. Well, if you're throwing with anticipation, you don't trust the guy's going to be there. Then, then how, where's the connection? I think they had an issue with Pringle. Pringle even said he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, on a scramble drill. I'm running this way and he's running that way. Mm-hmm. So you have to build that trust. Yep. He trusts Mooney. He trusts Cole Komet because they've been through that Nagy season together. So he has to find another guy in his academia and say, Brown, I think it eventually will be Valus Jones Jr. Because that speed is insane. Yeah. But he's still a rookie. Yeah. So, like, are you really going to try to, like, give a rookie 90 targets? I mean, he's not Jamar Chase, you know. But uh, it, and you can do some other things with uh, Valus Jones Jr., but Ekonomia St. Brown, he knows the offense. And I think he wants to stick at the Green Bay because he never felt like he had a shot. And he's going to come to Chicago and try to ball out and then thumb his finger in uh, Aaron Rodgers' face, and I love it. AC, what are your expectations for EQ? I love EQ. I, I like the signing when we signed him. I mean, he's got great size and speed, just like Ill Will talked about. He's got the sibling rivalry. I see Don Bear in the chat room over here talking about Almond Raw over in Detroit. Uh, but but Detroit didn't HBO Max get canceled or something because Detroit's hard knocks were so bad. Uh, no one's watching that shit. <laughs> I mean, and and Ill Will talked about. I don't know why he didn't didn't get so many targets in Green Bay. It's simple. Aaron Rodgers has always done this. For all of his greatness, he laser focuses in on his favorite target. It was Jordy Nelson. It was Randall Cobb. And then it became Devontae Adams, and nobody else was really getting targets other than, like I said, the tight end. The big Bob Tunyon would occasionally break out and and, and, and hit him down the seams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but other than that, it's been, you know, it's all to Adams, and we'll see how um, we'll see how Rodgers does to build chemistry with his new wide receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't read any of their. I'm not like Don. I don't go to our rivals' uh, Twitter and stuff and try to figure <laughs> out about the team. I just kind of stick with Bears news for the most part. In other words, you got a life. well i'll tell you this uh, justin fields was super sharp uh today in practice and uh coach eberflus was asked about that because the concern of course is is how is he going to build a rapport with wide receivers who are injured and because that has been a problem and this is coach eberflus on justin fields progression offense came out really well you know and that we had that red zone and then we backed him up to the high red the fringe area and I thought they operated really good. You know, his timing is, is getting better. Um, and it's really, you know, for him, that's really good because, you know, how do you get the timing down with different receivers? You know, for him to be able to do that, that shows a lot to me. 
Uh, so uh, we're, we're excited where he is. Very encouraging words there from Coach Eberflus on Fields' development. And, yeah, I, I mean, I've been predicting a slow start this season because typically history tells us when you have a young quarterback and you're giving him the second head coach in his second season, a brand-new offense, and a whole bunch of new skill players – it takes a little while. I see uh, Roy agreeing with me, and I like that. So mm. go ahead, Roy, take it away. <laughs> yeah, uh, for one, I love hearing Matt Eberflus talk about football. It's like it's like refreshing. He seems to know more about offensive football than Matt Nagy, and he was offensive coach. But yeah, I think the, I think the, the team is going to focus on the run game. This 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 uh, scheme is, is is wide zone based, and they're going to run the ball. And part of the part of the, uh, the way you help a young quarterback is to run the ball, is to play good defense, it's to say not score forty points uh, a game, and uh, and that's the only way you can win the game. And, and and let him develop because he didn't have a chance to develop last year. And it'll come. I was listening to uh, who was I listening? I was listening to the whole the Josh podcast. They were talking not not to throw another podcast on here, but they did an interview with the Bengal guys, mm-hmm. and they said how Joe Burrow. They focus on the run game early on in the season, and then eventually he started throwing the ball more. And I thought that was important is because I think people want them to come out the gates and throw the ball 50 times a game. They're not going to do that. Run the ball, play good defense, and allow Justin Fields to develop, learn the offense, get his, get his rhythm with the, uh, with, the, with, the, with the skill players, and then and, and let it go, man. I'm here for the long haul for the quarterback. I'm here for the long haul, not just the I need it right now. I want Justin Fields to be a Bears quarterback for the next 15 years. And if it takes a year for him to, to get his bearings, I'm fine with it. Yep. And, you know, one of the uh, – just looking into the future here, one of the great things about how this team is developing is that we may not need a left tackle in next year's draft because Braxton Jones has looked Super in practice, and it's a practice to practice progression that leads me to believe he's going to be the starting left tackle, not uh, Ridley Ridley or Ray Ridley or whatever. Marie, <laughs> whatever, could play left tackle in Detroit. He's a pretty good right tackle, so we might see him there. Anyone disagree with me there that Braxton Jones is going to be the left tackle come uh, week one? No, I've actually. No. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with my off-season moves. I've started writing for a website called MentalDimes.com, and I have a article coming out Saturday morning outlining what to watch for in the preseason. And Braxton Jones is one of the major focuses of me this preseason, and nice. uh, I liked him when we drafted. I actually I didn't know a ton about him before we drafted him, but when we did, the more I read about him, the more I liked him. When I heard him speak, he Sounds like he has a high football IQ. He's taking everything in like a sponge. And let's not forget the guy that a lot of people wanted was a third-round pick out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. So when I hear people say, oh, he's a fifth-round pick out of Southern Utah, it's a small school, blah, 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 I'm like, why are you you all holding that against him? But you wanted Teron Armstead here who went to Arkansas Pine Bluff, who that college – it's probably the size of my hometown, which is not very big. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> I love what Jay says here. Fields outperforming Lance, according to reports, with nobody to throw the ball to other than money. So money, Mooney, I love to call him. Uh, he, that's another guy that's good. He's, he's going to – I'm predicting right now $28 million for that new contract for Darnell. And then uh, Ooh, yeah. David Montgomery – uh, coming up for new contracts, so that's a whole new polls uh, discussion. We'll we'll save uh, polls discussion for a little later. Let's move on to question topic number three. It appears the Bears have constructed a coaching staff of outstanding teachers and quality personalities, but the roster is a different story. According to Sports Illustrated, of the 90 players on the Bears' current roster, only 16 were selected on the first two days of the draft and Dante Pettis, Darrington Evans, Mario Edwards Jr., and Sean Coleman are among that group. There are only nine players who were drafted on day one or day two by the Bears, and seven of those have come on board since the 2020 draft. Despite this downer, where is your level of hope that players who were cast off by other teams can advance to playing at career high levels because of this coaching staff? Hope scale, 
very helpful, somewhat hopeful, very little hope, no hope. It will tell me where your temperature is at. You got 60 seconds. I'm somewhat hopeful. And the main reason why I'm somewhat hopeful is that, especially on the defensive side, because if you look at the Colts in 2018, they didn't have a lot of brand name talent. They didn't have a lot of high draft picks. Kenny Moore was discarded off the Patriots uh, waiver wire. They picked him up. He was in the brand name. Darius Leonard was a second round draft pick who many considered overdrafted. They called him the worst draft pick in that draft. If you go, it's a whole documentary on it. They didn't have many big names on that defensive side, and they still were top 10 on the defensive side of the football. And Justin Fields is a blue chip player. I think Cole Komet was picked highly. Darnell Mooney was a fifth round bad pick, but that doesn't matter now because he caught 80 passes in a thousand yards. You got a thousand yard running back. You put Justin Fields in a in a scheme that uh, that 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 helps him his skill set, and you might see something. I don't think the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to win the championship. They're going to be a competitive, pesky team, and the defense is going to be good. Mister AC, all yours, brother. Man, I was going to say somewhat hopeful too. So I'll, I'll try to be a little bit of the devil's advocate, and I'll say that I'm a little hopeful. Because we have started stacking talent, but we still have a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball. We have a lot of question marks. We don't know what Vilas Jones is going to be. We don't know if EQ is going to be able to break out of Aaron Rodgers' shadow and do anything here. Byron Pringle is too busy whipping donuts with his kid in the car to to, to get himself back on the field. Uh, so it's all hope. We have a ton of hope, but the talent – level we don't know if it's going to be there or not on the offensive line you got bryson jones fifth round draft pick rookie looks good in camp but we'll see how that works out you got riley reef who failed everywhere he's been we plugged him in on the right side and hope he works out michael schofield failed in los angeles with the chargers you got an injured center at this point and we don't know where we're going there so i'll say a little hopeful we still have a lot of work to do to get this roster where it needs to be well done gentlemen you know i I got to tell you, watching these practices this year is so different from Matt Nagy's practices where there was a lot of loafing, things weren't running well. And I went to a couple of games uh, last year with my buddy Dan Aguirre, and both of those games, even the pregame warm-ups for the Bears, the one at Cleveland and then the following week or two weeks later uh, at Detroit here in so- at Soldier Field, there was a lackadaisical approach to practicing and getting ready for the game. What I am seeing now is these coaches laying down a foundation of excellence, of hustle. You're not going to play at your best if you're only 75% there, if you're not playing Mm. hard every day. I see you guys agreeing with me. Is there a – let me ask you, Roy, is there one particular position coach or coordinator that you're most excited about? Oh, man, I'm most excited about, of course, Luke Getty. Uh, just because Justin Fields said he's the he's the best quarterbacks coach, offensive guy he's ever had. That's saying something because I'm like, man, you're going to throw Ryan Day down like that? Uh, that's important because obviously he's the most important person on the Bears team. You know, you, you get Justin Fields right, the rest will come. I think, and, I, and I've said this plenty of places, I don't think the Bears are going to make this, the playoffs. They may sneak in. Who knows? We, we can't, can't put a ceiling on these guys. But they're going to play the game a certain way. And we've seen it in Chicago. So that when, when people tell me this, I, I, I shake my head because you've seen the way the Bears played under Lovey Smith with takeaways, defense, flying around, smacking players. They're going to play that way. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to throw the ball 40 times a game. They're going to run the ball. D- David Montgomery is going to get the ball a lot. We used to beg Nagy to do that. And you can still win in an NFL if you have a good defense and a good running game. But the, the lack of talent, like AC said, is probably going is gonna stop this team from really, really making a lot of noise. But yeah, the, the long story short, Lou gets it because I think he's gonna, I think you see the progress of Justin Fields, and I think that's a direct result of Lou Getsy and also Andrew Janako. Mm-hmm. What do you think, uh, AC? Is Betsy your man as well, or are you looking at the special teams coordinator, Hightower, who has been the star at camp? I mean, you can hear that guy in Wisconsin yelling at players and firing them up. Or do you think uh, Williams, a defensive coordinator, or anyone else? What do you think? 
Uh, he's definitely the guy, but Ill Will kind of laid it out there for everybody. So I'm going to say the offensive line coach from Pittsburgh. Uh, what's his name? Morgan, Chris Morgan, I believe. Chris mm-hmm. Morgan, because, yeah. because the the team that the offensive lineman that he's working with is not top ten draft picks or even first round draft picks. So he's going to have to do a lot of work with technique and scheme to help these offensive linemen do their job better. Um, maybe we'll see Sam Mustafer take a step forward. I myself am hoping Doug Kramer can beat him out for that backup center position, you know, a hometown kid from Chicago, went to Illinois. Uh, and and so I think that he's going to be a big key to this offense is him being able to get the best out of that offense, uh, out of these offensive linemen and, uh, and, 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 play to the best of their ability i know i i know he uh distracted me right yeah definitely absolutely kind of- middle middle of my sentence i barely have any hair we mean get a ball this <laughs> <laughs> is a beautiful beard that's right man that's what no, don't fuck off <laughs> <laughs> go watch the white Sox lose gonzo oh <laughs> Uh, a big time Cubs fan, right? Yeah, I was watching the uh Field of Dreams game before I hopped on here. Actually, go Cubs, go! Yeah, I'm I'm going to watch the Cubs when they come to Cincinnati in October. And I told my wife, I said, This might be a uh, prospect game, a triple A game. (laughs) (laughs) I have a good time with that one. All right, let's move on to our, our fourth and final question here. Um, play it. 47 days ago today, Ryan Poles was hired to be the new general manager of the Chicago Bears. Choose which one of these sentences best describes your appraisal of Poles and then follow it up with why. He's had lots of tough luck. At least I hope it's tough luck. His rookie mistakes are apparent. As painful as it is, he's laying a foundation for long-term success. I don't see mistakes. I see a tough, smart general manager. Aaron, this is the final question, and we'll start with you. I'm going to say he's had lots of tough luck. It all started from free agency when he tried to hire, uh, he tried to sign Ogan Joby, and then he failed his physical, and then they let him leave, and now he's signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now he's got the Roquan Smith situation going on. Um, He's a rookie GM. It's his first time ever doing the job, and he's definitely getting tested in his first offseason. I do like the way he attacked the draft. He didn't um, He didn't reach. A lot of people wanted offensive line or wide receiver in that second round, uh, but we saw nine offensive linemen go off in the first round. So if he would reach for an offensive lineman like, uh, I don't know, the Patriots who grabbed Cole Strange in the first round, Bears fans would have torn him apart as well. So – I'm happy with what he did in the draft. I'm somewhat happy with the job he's done, but he has ran into some tough luck, and there's no way to beat around the bush with that one. All right. Uh, Roy, take it away. I'm up in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll say that uh, he's laying the foundation. Uh, I'm not ready to crown him yet. Yeah, he's had some tough luck because also we, we forgot about the Ryan, was it Ryan Bates thing, the, the guard? Yep. We signed to that poison pill contract, and they even leaked that. The bills weren't going to match it, and they matched it. I mean, come on, man. What, what are you supposed to do with that? You know, you, you can't do anything with that. Larry Young and Joby, his foot is hurt. But we ended up getting Justin Jones, so he rebounded from that pretty pretty well. It's going to be ugly. I knew it was going to be ugly, and I'm not ready to crown him yet because I saw Ryan Pace come in and clean house and moved a lot of dead weight around, and then he just completely lost his mind in, like, 2018 and just, like, mortgaged the future everything so we got to see if he's going to make that mistake because ryan pace came in the same way getting these young players and, and getting draft picks and then he just lost his mind so hopefully ryan poles doesn't lose his mind he maintains his discipline and uh, or his military bearing as we used to say in the army yeah, i love it we got <laughs> two army guys on here oh yeah who <laughs> team mike yeah, I, I, I come from uh family of guys who went AWOL. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. <laughs> I mean, one of them is still up in Canada. <laughs> Smart. 
Um, yeah, here's here's the thing uh, about Ryan Poles. Anytime anybody criticizes him, I I almost lose my lunch because this guy inherited a fucking bathtub of shit. You know, a yes. poor salary cap situation, aging veterans, um, uh, 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 a draft uh, depletion. He had only what four or five draft picks, five. and he maneuvered, five, and he maneuvered to get more. I mean, he handed so much shit that whatever misstep he might have committed himself to me, it's blinded off by the fact that he has done such a good job in so many areas in terms of cleaning that shit. You know how, how things are. I don't mind cleaning my own shit, but cleaning somebody else's shit? No, 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 no. <laughs> Ryan Post has taken that challenge, and he's done a really good job. So uh, what do you guys think about what I said? I mean, is Ryan Pace more to blame for Ryan Post's missteps than anything else? Absolutely. I mean, you <laughs> talked about the salary cap situation. Not only was Ryan Pace pushing salaries back, that puts you closer to against the cap for an aging veteran with deteriorating um, skill sets. Uh, I loved Akeem Hicks, but he was getting paid a lot of money. Khalil Mack, the same thing. And we had Travis Gibson come in and play nine games last year and had seven sacks and four forced fumbles um, taken over for Khalil Mack after he went out on his foot injury. So you had younger guys that were ready to prove themselves and were never given the opportunity because there was there was these guys in front of them because of draft status. We see it so much. How many times do we see Adam Shaheen get another shot because of where he was drafted at or how much money they're getting paid? You see it time and time again in the NFL, and it really needs to change because competition breeds success. We all know that. Anyone who's followed this game at any level knows that. So I, I, it, it really was Ryan Pace that screwed this this roster and the salary cap situation up, and Ryan Poles is digging us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, Go ahead, yeah, please. What do, we, what do we have? We had 30 players on the contract and $25 million in cap space, and we had to fill out a 90-man roster. Like, <laughs> if, like, had it, you, like, even if you gave everybody a minimum contract, you, you wouldn't have had enough cap space. Yeah. Like <laughs> – you know, you got to sign 50 players for a 99 roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you only got $25 million in cap space and five draft picks. Um, I'm like, I don't understand about like people. Are like, we need to sign this guy and this guy and this. I'm like, well, what money? Man, that, that drove me insane in the offseason. They were so mad that we signed EQ and we signed Byron Pringle. We didn't go after the big name. Like, what do they want us to do? Sign Julio Jones? Julio Jones ain't coming to town. Who wants exactly. to play the calm, bro? OBJ. I've seen OBJ this week. He <laughs> tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Are we going to sign another injured wide receiver? <laughs> his name? I hear you, brother. <laughs> and he coming? Wait, he wants to come here. He don't want to come here. He's gonna go to All LA. Right. He's gonna go to All Tampa. Right. Like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind keeping Allen Robinson. I got his signed football yeah. behind me, but but you know who ruined that? Leave. He was ready. Who to ruined that? Who ruined that? Ryan Pace. Ryan Matt Pace. Nagy. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy didn't even call him out of the offense. That'll get him to stay. Yeah, froze him out. Didn't call him. Mm-hmm. He wanted to sign a contract. They lowballed him. Like, yeah, come on, man. Like, even that, you, I saw people blaming, we don't have this, we don't have that. Well, it's not, it's not Paul's fault. This is my son in the background. Hey! hey man. <laughs> you on YouTube. <laughs> yes, you on YouTube, dude. Say hi. He's on. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Come on in. Talk. Uh, tell us what you think about the Bears. Go ahead. Yell it out. I think he's on mute right now. Yeah, he's 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 telling him what to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I clogged the toilet. I'm like, it's not the time. Hope you were ready. That's kind of what Ryan Pace did. He clogged the toilet. <laughs> Perfect analogy. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> hey, one one thing about polls that I think all of us will agree on uh, that the perhaps the next big challenge he has is cut down day is making sure that a player isn't released 
that three, four weeks later in week one is catching touchdown passes or playing great offensive line or whatever. And also as part of that, acquiring some gems that you know are going to be released by teams. This mm-hmm. roster is could see as many as four or five different faces uh, come uh, uh, cut down day. It's going to be an interesting challenge for Ryan Poles, and I think he's up to it because one of the things that he proved – as AC said, he knows talent. I mean, this talent that he acquired in the draft, every time those guys have a press conference, every time I see them on the field, I am just wowed by their smarts, their intelligence, their their attitude towards the game. I mean, everybody talks about, I want to draft somebody who loves the game. Well, sometimes they don't, you know? Uh, and but uh, Ryan Poles has so he's got some immediate challenges going up besides the Roquan situation. Uh, let's see if he's up to it, guys. Uh, any final thoughts on Ryan Poles before I bring up one more topic and we get out of here? AC, you first. Uh, I, I did want to throw in a thing, it's not exactly about Poles, but uh, I was listening to the same podcast that Ill Will was talking about earlier, the Hogan Johns podcast. Mm-hmm. If you guys are fans of them, go back and listen to it because they talk to G or, or uh, writers at the Athletic that cover the Buffalo Bills, the, the one that covers Cincinnati Bengals, and the one that covers the um, uh, who's the other franchise quarterback guy they talked to. So they talk to guys that have young promising quarterbacks right. about what their quarterbacks looked like going into year two and how they did, how they saw them working out. If they saw uh, it was uh, Justin Herbert was the other one. Um, so one thing that they did talk about was with Josh Allen, when Josh Allen was going into his second year, his mm-hmm. big two targets was mm-hmm. Cole Beasley and uh, John Brown. So, oh, when we look at our wide receiver core, you've really just got Mooney. But Cole Beasley, he's sitting out there on the free agency market. I wouldn't mind him coming across the middle and catching some passes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if if he's a guy you can bring in, it's not going to cost you a crazy ex- absorbent amount of money. Because our wide receivers are dropping left and right if you guys are keeping up with camp. I oh, mean, yeah. and we, we saw it under Lovey, you know, with hammies and, and knees and, and all those things kinds of things that happen when they got to get their track shoes on. So uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Cole Beasley here taking over the middle, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. That, that's a nice uh, thing, because if you look at uh, the way the Bills wide receiver room, it was Gabriel Davis, who's kind of like EQ tall, didn't catch a lot of passes. People think he catched like 70 passes. He only caught like 30-some passes. Diggs, who I think Darnell Mooney is very similar to, if I had to compare him to someone, so Diggs was a uh, fifth round pick as well. Fifth round pick. He's a he's an inch taller, maybe ten pounds heavier, but they're they're not big guys, but they're really mm-hmm. smooth in that route running, really athletic. His, I can see Mooney being a kind of Diggs. I'm not calling him a Diggs, but I hope he's kind of a Diggs. And so Coles Beasley was the slot guy, and so you kind of need that slot guy. Could be Bayless. I don't know if Bayless is ready to be Coles Beasley. He's not Cole Beasley. Coles Beasley is like one of the best slot receivers in the game. So you can get a Cole Beasley and then you just have Davis Jones just be this gadget guy. You might be working with something. And yeah. and they, you know they're going to make a move. That's what I like about Ryan Poles. If people get all worked about a shape, the wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, he's out eight weeks. Right? He's going to make a move to offset the Harry injury. He has to. Yep. He's not going to just do it right away, but you know he has something brewing. I'm just waiting to see what it is. Yeah. It's going to be linebacker fantastic. might be a good spot to look as well as far as cut down days. I mean, yeah. I'm hoping we can lock up Roquan, but uh, I guess Nick Morrow is going to be your middle linebacker and then um, strong side backer. I don't know the undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin Adams. or Adams. I think is the guy. He's he's yeah. looked really good in camp. Uh, okay. Really surprising speed and. Uh, and he's done. I've seen him run a lot of special teams drills, so he's going to get a lot of snaps out there. Um, as you guys know, you don't uh, play that third linebacker a lot in this defense uh, because of the uh, of the offenses nowadays. But when he's on the field, I expect him to make plays. He's he's a, a sturdy player, a good physical specimen too. All right, here's the last thing I wanted to bring up, fellas: is this Saturday, Kansas City Chiefs first preseason. I don't even want to talk about 
the bald headed fuck, as, as we call him. <laughs> but War what, <laughs> what I want to know from you guys is what are your expectations for this Saturday's game? What are you hoping to see uh, Saturday, Bears versus Chiefs? I'll start with you, Bill Will. Me, the main thing, one of the main things I want to see is uh, the defense. I want to see that old style defense. I don't care who plays at the start or plays not. I think some of them should play. I just want to see them flying around, stripping away, punching at the ball, playing that Tampa 2 Bears defense that we've known and loved and love you. I also want to see the offensive line block. I know they're not going to do pretty much anything with Justin Fields. He might hand the ball off, maybe throw some quick passes. So I'm not expecting anything, especially from week one. But I want to see the offensive line block play a team other than their 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 teammates because I think the Bears have a decent defensive line. I think that when you see them getting blown up, it's kind of just because Robert Quinn is a beast. So I want no injuries, uh, like as Gary Gary just said, no injuries. I want to see the offensive line block, and I want to see the style of defense just flying around and stripping at the ball. That's what I want to see the most. What about you, Aaron? <laughs> What's left? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, I'll definitely be watching the line of scrimmage because uh, you'll see a lot of vanilla defense in the preseason, so I'm not sure how much I'll be able to judge on that. They're not going to want to give Kyle Shanahan any leg up for week one, and I can't blame him there because he's my favorite coach in the entire league. Um, And the offense, I mean, just like Gary said, no injuries, get out of there with – not a ton of penalties. I'll be watching these young guys. One guy I'm definitely going to be watching this preseason is Dominique Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard mm-hmm. his name a lot. I liked him in the draft. Uh, he's a converted wide receiver to defensive end, so he's got size and speed. And I want to see how he looks with the pads on going against someone completely different that he hasn't taken on in camp. Um, but that'll be the big thing for me is the line of scrimmage, and I don't want to see anyone getting hurt. There you go. Number 91 is uh, Robinson, Dominique Robinson. And Danny Shimon and I at Family Fest, we kept an eye on him, and we were just so uh, happy with his get-up off the line of scrimmage. And another guy, Mohammed, the guy we acquired from uh, the Colts, Danny was just screaming about how this guy gets off the line of scrimmage. It was, it was a, an aspect of his game that Danny wasn't super familiar with, so that's a good thing. I'll tell you one of the things I would love to see this Saturday. Um, David Montgomery is not going to play. He's, he's day-to-day, uh, so when uh, – uh, Iberflu said that the starters were going to start. Uh, Montgomery won't be a starter. So mm. obviously we'll see Khalil Herbert uh, in that starting li- lineup. But then after that, maybe for two quarters, maybe for three quarters, Tristan Ebner, when he touches the ball in camp, it's like, whoo! It's like, <laughs> dude, it can run. He is a playmaker. And I want, you know, you hate to you hate to show the rest of the league what you got, you know, but hell, this is football. We got <laughs> We got to win the game. We got to we got to go out there and perform. I want to see Ebner get at least 10, 15 touches in this game, and he's an outstanding uh, pass catcher. So I'd love to see that. The plays that Justin Fields is in there, I want to see an immaculate performance. I don't want to see him hold the ball too long. I want him to do quick decision making. If he's got to run, run. If you got to slide, make sure you slide, brother. And, uh, slide all, slide all the way down. Don't get <laughs> <laughs> he's running out of slides uh, since last season. But, you know, you want to see progression, right, uh, out of all, every player. But the, the new guys, guys like Ebner uh, and, and, as you mentioned, Dominique Robinson, uh, those are the guys you want to see just pop off the screen and all of a sudden, you know, that hope meter starts moving more and moving more <laughs> to that good side, you know. Yeah. Guys, it's been a blast talking football with you guys. I'd love to bring you to – back on again during the season perhaps we'll have a lot more to disagree about <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. one of things, man oh, yeah <laughs> Roy, why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media this is going to be an audio podcast too so for those who can't see your information on the screen tell them uh, where they can find you on social media and, and and tell people about your show as well yes you can find me at, at 79 ill will at, uh, on twitter uh you can also find us on the Three kings of the Midway podcast, my co-host Dan Goldman III, 
and Devorey Nesby. I don't have their ads right now, but if you on Bears Twitter, you, you've seen their tweets. And if you follow right. me, you've seen their tweets because I retweet their stuff. And we, you can find us on any on any streaming platform. And also, uh, from time to time, I'll write on the uh, Bears Talk uh, website with uh, Brian Perez. Uh, so you can catch me there. Sometimes you catch me on Ranks Podcast. Uh, and that's that, man. Other than that, hey, bear down, man. And hopefully we have a uh, a good season, at least a promising season with a hope meter just starts to kind of, you know, we're excited there you go. <laughs> for 2023. I hear you. <laughs> AC, what you got going on? I understand the Barfly Tailgate show might be back on Sunday. Absolutely. The AC show is making its triumphant return <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, we're going to talk about the preseason game that happened Saturday. Um, you can catch me at Aaron Current on Twitter uh, or at Mental Dimes NFL. I am the lead NFL writer at MentalDimes.com. It's a project I took over in the uh, fall, and I'm really happy with what I got going on there. Uh, trying to build that company up some and get my writings out there a little bit. So uh, check me out over there at MentalDimes.com as well, if you don't mind. Right. When uh, AC first came on to the Barfly Tailgate show, it was two, they would talk two, three hours, and AC would hardly say a word. And I'm like, does this guy ever talk? <laughs> now it's the AC show. Everybody <laughs> and listens to AC for two of those three hours. <laughs> well, I was, I, I was telling Aldo, I would always kind of sit back. I wanted everyone to get their opinions in and everything. Uh-huh. And now I'm just like, I need to get my opinion out because if I don't say it now, I'm going to get it. And then I'm not going to be on the show. So, <laughs> so I, I just got to cut in there. I'm like, before you finish. <laughs> yeah, you're right because you do. You'd be like, I got a point. And then they go off somewhere else. And you'd be like, oh, man, I forgot what I was even going to say. <laughs> wait, wait till you get to my age. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting up there. You see, I got a little gray. I'm starting to get some gray. Every once in a while, I'll see one or two gray hairs in here. I'll see white. Yeah, I can hairs. see it. Think my beers. It's the kids. When you have kids, they start growing. <laughs> well, my <laughs> son Scotty actually uh, started football this year. It's uh, he's been he's going into sixth grade, and I was like, "You're playing football this year." And he's been out there at practice since July 13th is when they started. He's got his first. He had a scrimmage last week, and he's got his first game this weekend. And he says he loves football. So, uh, he still acts like he's, he's a little timid, cool. and I'm like. You got to pop somebody, Scott. You just pop him. Yeah. You got shoulder pads on. He acts like uh-huh. he's scared. I don't know, but uh, he well, enjoys well, he it. That and, first uh, pop in, he'll. Uh huh. That's what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to change his mind about it. What about oh, you? Yeah. You got any of your kids uh, playing football? No, my son, you see him keep popping in here, right? He's just yeah, like, yeah. what is going on? You know? he's, <laughs> he's seven. He's in the basketball. He, 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 he's all in the basketball. I try. I asked him about football yet. He's like, ah. But he, I'm like, I don't know, he got, he got wheels. My, my, my wife freaking ran Boston Marathon, right? My mom was like all city. So he has their speed. So I'm just like, I see him running. I'm just like, dude, you need to play football. Dude, you are fast. <laughs> but he, he's not there yet. You know, you just got to let him, let him, let him pick. I don't know. Yeah. These NBA contracts are a lot. Ooh, nice. I know. No contracts. <laughs> I got him training. I've had him train us since he was six. And if he's not happy, he could just force his way out of a team. Just <laughs> yeah, you know, go up out of shape and say, "I don't want to play football no more." <laughs> I know, man. NBA, man. So uh, if he does that, I won't be mad. Please uh, give me a scholarship. Yeah, exactly. Get that scholarship, <laughs> um, guys. Uh, it's been great and and great uh, to get to know you, Roy. Um, and my offer is there, man. It, when you guys move to the video thing, if you uh, need any tips or any help whatsoever, please uh, reach out to me. And I just want to let people know yeah. that in about thirty minutes, it'll be Jordan Silvero with Bare Necessities. He's got a jam-packed show. He sent me his outline. He's got to cover uh, a lot of the things that we covered today, but with his own unique perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's going to really dig into Roquan Smith at that will linebacker position and talk about you know what could be the concerns that Eberflus has about uh, Roquan playing that position. So that's going to be one of many topics. He's got some sound from Eberflus's press conference. So if you're a night owl, don't watch the news. Don't do any of that sports center stuff. No, no, no. Keep it here on the Barroom Network. Jordan Silvera coming up with Bare Necessities. 
And I want to thank everybody that's been in the chat room. You guys were all fantastic. Really like your comments. And we'll be back here with the next The Bear Debate on a special night because the Bears are playing next Thursday. So we'll be back here on Monday with the next The Bear Debate. I'm not going to tell you who's going to be on that show, but maybe – Nah, no, I'm going to keep it a secret. <laughs> I know how to tease. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Right down.